Hell froze over, so here comes the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast Meatloaf sang about in Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, killing people softly with his song, Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am Doug Jones, as you may have heard my Canadian nephew announce. I am here to help you feel really confident about your approaching encounter with Medicare. And even if you don't have a, a an approaching encounter, even if you're looking at your Medicare uh, encounter as being uh a year or two away, perhaps we can uh, send you some hints that will help you prepare for that encounter and uh, for your eventual crossover into Medicare land. It will be um, much easier and it'll make much more sense to you if you're properly prepared. And that's what I like to do to help people. I like to show them how they can best prepare themselves. I do that by virtue of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, 2023 is the current edition. If you're listening to this in the year 2023, that's the one for you. And the way you acquire the book is go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. And in the search window, type in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And there you'll find several types of editions. You'll find the audible edition that you can listen to. You'll find the ebook that can be immediately downloaded to your reader. You'll find the paperback. That's the workhorse of the whole, uh, I want to say fleet, but it's not really a bunch of ships. It's um, the workhorse of the uh, the books um, editions because it's the one that most people select to purchase. It's an $8 item at Amazon with black and white illustrations. It's a $9 item at Barnes & Noble with colorful illustrations. And finally, we have the $22 hardcover version at Amazon. It's a magnificently crafted piece of, of literature that is um, su- sure to be handed down from one generation to the next in your family once you've had the, um, the foresight to acquire it. It's uh, kind of like um old race cars from the 1960s uh, these cars would win a race and then the um, owners of the cars would crush them but the few that weren't crushed exploded in value and they became huge museum um pieces that uh, are highly valued today in the millions and millions of dollars and i believe it's going to be very similar to the way my hardcover Medicare for the Lazy Man book will be viewed in future. I'm watching my neighbor have trouble with his dog. For some reason, his dog wants to chew on the leash instead of actually walking, and the neighbor's not having any of it. It's pretty pretty uh, interesting to watch. I gave up my dog-owning years many, many uh, decades ago, and uh, it's episodes like this that make me happy that I've chosen to become dogless. Although I will say that we have a dog owner, a dog lover right here in our midst in the audience. Uh, would, would Randy Carson stand up? Randy, 
talk about your beloved uh, dogs, will you? Oh, I would be happy to do that, Mr. Jones. We have three pups. They're all rescues, which we're a, we're a big uh, rescue family. Uh, and we have they're all poodles because Margaret has allergies, so we have to have non allergy or yeah. Yeah, hypoallergenic or something. Hypoallergenic dogs, yeah. So anyway, we've got uh, Bella, who is a toy, a little girl. She is silver. Uh, You would look at her and say gray, but in poodle terminology, it's silver. That's Bella. And then we have Darby, and he is dark apricot. You would look at him, and he'd look like a little redhead. And uh, that's a little boy. And then we have... Una. And Una is a standard poodle, and she is pure white. And for those of you who have not kept up on your Gaelic, Una is Gaelic for lamb. Okay. And that would be because she's got white curly hair? Right. All right. right. Now, let me ask you this. She's a standard poodle, which is a pretty good-sized dog, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is it possible that she frightens the other dogs because she's so much larger than they are? Is she doesn't she really... Boss? No, she is not the boss. Bella is actually the boss. She's, okay. Bella is the smallest one of the trio, and she is actually the boss. The rest of them follow her orders. Now, I got to tell you, I am I have a play or Playboy. <laughs> I have a Facebook account because I was ordered to get a Facebook account when our daughter and her husband had a contest to see who could get more friends. Uh, my Facebook account basically grows weeds. And uh, when there's a when there's a high wind, it, you can hear it whistling uh, through the my the deserted pages of my Facebook account. But every once in a while, when I turn on my computer, a little note shows up saying so and so posted something on Facebook. And so today it said Randy posted something on Facebook. So I clicked on it because Randy is uh, uh, everything that happens to Randy is important to me. I've got to know what everything, uh, all of his life events are. And so here was a uh, kind of a joke picture. It was a picture of a massive dog sitting on a kitchen counter. And the, cap- <laughs> the caption was, um, but you should have seen how big that mouse was. Was that the caption? Right. Yeah. And, and the, the dog was a great Dane. Okay. I, I knew it was some huge uh, you know, uh, breed. But the thing is, it took me back to the 1950s. And in the house we lived in, in Wayne, Illinois, in the 1950s, when we walked out of the kitchen, there were two different entrances to the kitchen. One was a swinging door to the dining room, but one was a an open hallway to the rest of the house. And um, I remember one day, because my mother was scared to death of mice, she was standing at the stove, and I don't know what she was doing, cooking something at the stove. I walked out the hallway, down the hallway, past a bathroom, past the the utility room, and passed uh, into another room, and I heard a scream. I turned around, and here was my mother standing on the stove, and it was because she saw a mouse standing run across the kitchen on floor. the stove. And I, gosh, that picture of that great Dane drew me back to that day in the 1950s. And now my mother was standing on the stove. Here was a woman who had had, she was one of the last human beings in America to get polio. And it hit her in her left leg. I don't know how she gathered the wherewithal to jump from the floor to the stove, you know, top. (laughs) But that was her 
uh, way of escaping from this mouse. And uh, it was uh, something, a feat that she never could have done had she, you know, had a gun held to her head. But when she saw that mouse, he was uh, up on the stovetop, which was equivalent to the countertop in that Great Danes world. Well, I've got so, I've got one little short story to tell you then that's yeah, kind of along do. That, kind of kind of along that same line. Uh, obviously, now that everybody knows, I have three pups. Margaret and I have three rescues. Uh, we have to take them out at night. They uh, sometimes twice, sometimes three times. It, it's and it's all my job. So I take I took them out the other night. And uh, they were doing their business and looking around and, uh, you know, doing what they do at night at two o'clock in the morning. And I looked down and here is a gecko. No kidding. Standing on my wife's. She has a pair of uh, shoes that she leaves outside so she can take them on and off. Here is a gecko standing on her shoe. Now, as I'm standing there watching the gecko, the gecko runs up my pant leg. Oh, jeez. And I'm going, this is a problem. Absolutely. I can't go in with a gecko on my pant leg. Now, thank God it ran up the outside. Otherwise, it would would have been a whole different story. (laughs) That's not what I had in mind. I was wondering what the gecko was looking for. I I had a series of questions I was going to ask, but you've just answered all of them. So, I mean, that's what everybody always thinks. Oh, you ran up your pant leg. Well, no. Thank God this gecko ran up the outside of my jeans. Yes. And he came, he got up to my pocket and he and I are staring at each other. The gecko's looking at me. I'm looking at the gecko. And I can see this if there's a if there's a look of concern on a gecko's face, he had it in the in that he's going, Man, have I screwed up. <laughs> well, here's all he had to do was uh tell you that. You could save five hundred dollars by switching to Geico. It was Geico. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I, I remained calm. I mean, they don't. This kind of stuff doesn't bother. Now, obviously, if it would have been a diamond back running up my leg, that that'd be a different story. But geckos don't bother me. Or uh, an iguana. What is? There's a massive desert uh, lizard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. Well, there's a number of them. Yeah, but anyway. I, I walked over calmly to the side of the porch and I motioned to the gecko that down there, that was uh-huh. home. Uh-huh. And he, he ran down my leg and hopped off in the yard. All, well, good for all, him. En- all ended well. Now, I'm really concerned about Margaret's shoes that she leaves outside. Does she <laughs> regularly check them for scorpions? Uh, well, actually, they're uh, uh, flip-flops oh so okay the, so there's so, nowhere for a scorpion to hide but okay this gecko was just for, uh, for whatever reason the gecko thought that was a good hiding place because i i think he thought because the bottom of the flip-flop was black i uh-huh. think he thought that was a great camouflage point sure sure well unfortunately our geckos get caught in our glue traps i've got glue traps like in the garage and uh, if i open the garage door and a car leaves or comes back Often a lizard at certain times of the year will come in and run for the glue traps. They love those glue traps, then they get caught. And then I have to get out the spray WD-40 and squirt them full of WD-40, which then neutralizes the glue and allows them to scamper away. Oh, so, so they can a, you can get them off of there, huh? Yes, yes. It's uh, it's a process, and I don't know how much they like being <laughs> bathed in WD forty, but at least <laughs> at least it saves them from being in the glue trap for the rest of their short lives. Well, yeah, I wish I would have known that years ago because I uh, I caught 
something in a glue trap that I wished I hadn't. And well, it was a, I think it was a mouse actually, but he, it, he just got one paw in it. Yep. Yep. And I, I swear to God, people don't believe me when I tell them this, but the mouse was sitting there screaming. Well, I'm not surprised to hear that, but I'll tell you something. I don't have your love of animals. I say the only good mouse is a dead mouse. <laughs> yeah. I'm, this was actually a vole. If, uh, okay. I, if you know the difference between a close mouse enough. and a close, close enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> because they will eat wiring in your car. The yeah. um, the morons that run the U.S. government have made it impossible for the traditional wiring insulation made out of petroleum uh, to be cost effective. So now manufacturers are using uh, soy uh, oil to make wiring insulation. Yeah. And that tastes pretty good to these rodents. So if a rodent finds its way underneath your car and decides to climb up and take a, a nap and maybe make a nest and make a new home for themselves, they're going to start chewing on the wiring. And yeah. boy, is it expensive to get that stuff fixed. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've got another story that I'll remind me some point in the future in another uh, episode. I need to tell you a story about the the mouse it was literally Mighty Mouse. Okay, ah. I had a I had a Mighty Mouse story, a real Mighty Mouse in my house back in uh, Nebraska, and uh, I'll tell you that later. It's quite a story, but for now, I think we probably yeah. need to Le- move on forward to Medicare for the newer listeners, for the uninitiated uh, amongst the audience. Uh, the joke here is that Randy will never need to be reminded of a story. I don't have to read. He'll, he'll have it at his fingertips if uh, the need arises. And I'm hoping that it will maybe on the next episode. So let's, um, let's keep that thought in our heads. What I'd like to talk about now is the approach of the annual election period, which many people mistakenly call annual open enrollment. It happens from October 15th to December 7th. It is the time of the year when there is a huge feeding frenzy amongst Medicare Advantage salespeople, and they're all out trying to grab you for their massive commission earnings. It is incredible that the federal government supports Medicare Advantage plans to the extent that they do, but that allows the Medicare Advantage plans to take some of that generous federal cash that comes right out of the treasury and give it to the agents. Now, the agents in turn create this feeding frenzy that occurs every year between October 15th and December 7th. But unfortunately, this feeding frenzy also has to do with the prescription drug plans, the Part D drug plans. And so when we talk about AEP, annual election period, when we talk about the annual open enrollment period, this is a time when my clients who have a prescription drug plan may want to switch from one drug plan to another. And it's the only time of the year when they're allowed to do that without having a change in their life, like a move to a different location or a um, change in employment status or something like that. If you've got a Part D prescription drug plan and something has happened to that plan to change it, then you may want to consider getting a different prescription drug plan. The only time that you're able to do that is between October 15th and December 7th. So what you have to do is carefully consider whether your current drug plan is okay for the coming year. 
the way I do it is when a client asks me, uh, I take a lot of drugs and I want to make sure that this is the best plan for me next year, the cheapest plan for me and the one that covers all of my drugs. Then I go to the, I take their list of drugs, their list of preferred pharmacies and their location. And I go to the database at the U.S. government website, which any of you can do, and I'll help you do it. Go to that website and type in the drugs, the dosage you take, and then you'll find the list of plans available in your area. They're always over 20. Sometimes there are as many as 28, and they're listed in order of cost out of pocket to you. So if you take a couple of generic drugs, they might have the only out-of-pocket cost might be the monthly premium for the drug plan. And that could be like $5 a month, $6 a month, and you will be in good shape. But let's suppose during the course of the year, you start taking another drug. Your doctor says, well, you've got a condition that needs to be treated with a prescription medication, and you have now changed your relationship with your drug plan. You might go to the drugstore to have a prescription filled for that new drug and find that your out-of-pocket cost has skyrocketed. Well, here's your opportunity to check whether your plan is still the best one for you at the end of the year during AEP annual election period, starting October 15th. But before October 15th comes, you can get a head start on checking by opening a piece of mail that you're going to be tempted to throw away. It's going to look like a a letter from a law firm offering you the opportunity to join a class action suit during which you'll earn about a nickel. And it's going to be in fine print. It's going to be multi-page. It's going to look like too much work to sit down and read, but it's going to be from your drug plan carrier, the insurance company that provides you with your Medicare prescription drug plan. And it's called ANOC, A-N-O-C, Annual Notice of Change. And that will tell you whether your drug company has bad plans in mind for the drug plan that you're holding. Most of these companies have two or three drug plans, and they often play games with some of these drug plans. I've seen it before, not every year, but I've seen it happen often enough that I would like to see everybody open their ANOC, their annual notice of change, and read through it to make sure that there's no surprise coming. Uh, One major company, one of the biggest insurance companies, uh, a few years ago herded all of their people in their lowest cost drug plan. They said, we're taking this plan off the market, and they herded them all into their highest cost drug plan, which was in the neighborhood of $56 a month. They weren't going to tell anybody except for the annual notice of change. I went around to all of my clients that had that plan, and I said, hey, you may not be aware of this, but they're going to shove you into their most expensive plan without telling you. Now, of course, when that happens, you're stuck with it for a year. And the insurance company that pulled this trick is hoping that you'll never muster the energy to change. So I say the potential for evil doing exists And you can head it off at the pass by carefully reading your ANOC, your annual notice of change when it arrives in the U.S. mail to make sure that nobody's going to pull a fast one on you. But you may still want to check your drugs, your favorite drug uh, uh, pharmacist and your um, location. You take all that, plug it into the government database on Medicare.gov and you will have your readout 
of the cheapest plans that are available for you the following year, starting January 1st, the following year. I help my clients do it. Now, the odd thing about that is also that I used to get a small commission every time my clients purchased a drug plan. Fewer and fewer of these plans are paying commissions to the agent anymore. I heard about another agent that is charging $150 for that service. I'm not charging anything, but I sure would like it if some of my clients learned how to do this themselves. Go to medicare.gov, put in your zip code, click on Part D. I want to look at Part D plans, D as in dog, uh, and then it'll have a list of things you get uh welfare from any of these sources and you click no i don't and then it says do you want to see what your drugs would cost you click yes i do and then you can enter all of the drugs put the drugs name in pick your dosage pick your frequency and uh, then once you've compiled your list the program will tell you the database the government database will tell you what the cheapest drug plans are that take into account where you like to have your prescriptions filled, what your prescription meds are, and where you live. And all of that will be, uh, that'll hold you until the following year. So that's my recommendation. Look at your ANOC and consider going to medicare.gov to select, to make sure that your current drug plan is the one that you want to have for the following year. We'll talk more about this as we get closer to uh, that that horrible time of the year known as AEP, when the Medicare Advantage zombies are out wandering the streets. But uh, to change it up a little bit, let us, ooh, boy, you know, I just read, I just broadcast all of the information that I was going to read from the next uh, item. So I'm going to put that at the bottom of the stack and we'll, we'll uh, get to it again in a few episodes because it Bears repeating, I believe. Uh, Does Medicare pay for chiropractic services? Let's change it up a little bit. According to the American Chiropractic Association, uh uh-oh, I met my first chiropractor in 1968 while I was working at a summer job. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I wasn't impressed. And I have had many encounters with chiropractors since then. Still not impressed. And I know that the Chiropractic Association is very aggressive when it comes to protecting the interests of their members and when it comes to promoting their opportunity to uh, earn revenue. So according to the American Chiropractic Association, around 80% of people experience back pain at some point in their lives. Yeah, that happened to me once. I got shot in the back with a BB Uh, You know, my idiot friends and I were running around with BB guns in the woods, and that was the the, uh, source of my back pain. Uh, Individuals use chiropractic treatments to help relieve musculoskeletal problems, including neck, joint, and back pain. But the question here is, does Medicare cover chiropractic care? Medicare does cover chiropractic manipulation of the spine to help a person manage back pain, provided they have active back pain. Medicare only funds chiropractic care that corrects an existing problem. It does not cover spinal manipulations as a maintenance or preventive services. Although Medicare will pay for certain chiropractic treatments, it does not cover massage therapy or x-rays. If a chiropractor offers or recommends any of these services, a person should ask about the cost of each as they will need to find or to fund the treatment themselves. 
What parts of Medicare cover chiropractic care? Well, Medicare Part B, the portion that helps people pay for outpatient costs, doctor's visits, and uh, some related treatments. That's the the part of Medicare that covers chiropractic care. Once a person meets their yearly deductible, Medicare will usually fund 80% of the cost for chiropractic treatment. A person with Medicare Advantage may be part of a plan called an HMO or Preferred Provider Organization, a PPO. These plans require the person to use an in-network provider to receive full reimbursement. Therefore, people should check that a chiropractor is in their network before seeking treatment with them. Medicare supplement or Medigap plans may also cover co-payments for chiropractic care. A person with traditional Medicare may purchase these plans from a guy like Doug Jones, With uh, while those with Medicare Advantage cannot purchase them. How much does a chiropractor uh, traditionally cost? Chiropractors address a range of spinal and other treatments, and the costs vary according to the location, the treatment, and the number of sessions. According to a two, uh, 2015 review, oh my God, that's like eight years ago, the cost of chiropractic care per episode ranged from 264 to $617. Excuse me, the cost of chiropractic care per episode ranged from $264 to $6,171 with a mean of $712. That's ridiculous. Get me to chiropractic school right now. I want to cash in on this money grab. Does Medicare cover other back pain services? Medicare may cover other back pain services, medical treatments, and some alternative therapies, including the below. And the first thing they have below is acupuncture. Acupuncture refers to the practice of inserting tiny needles into the body to restore energy flow and reduce pain. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's uh, uh, the program. Uh, let's see. That's They announced that Medicare would cover acupuncture to treat lower back pain. The program will cover up to 12 sessions over 90 days with a potential eight additional sessions if symptoms are improving. This, ladies and gentlemen, is part of the reason that we might have a uh, a deficit in our uh, annual budgeting for the U.S. government because sticking needles in the body to improve energy flow may not be the best use of the government's uh, revenue. Physical therapy is another uh, item they uh, talk about here as being covered by Medicare. Physical therapy involves using exercises to strengthen and stretch the back and treat back pain. Medicare Part B covers any physical therapy service a doctor recommends to treat back pain. Um, However, the program does not currently cover massage therapy, so a person is responsible for 100% of the cost for that if they choose to... uh, avail themselves of massage therapy. Chiropractors can treat the following conditions, back pain, conditions affecting the joints, ligaments, and muscles, headaches, and neck pain. In addition to those services, a chiropractor may offer wellness services, which can include diet, exercise, and nutritional intervention. In summary, chiropractic care can help reduce symptoms in some people who experience back pain. Medicare will cover the treatments if a person has active back pain and shows improvement over time. So my uh, disdain for chiropractic is uh, continues on, but some people swear by it and I will not argue with them because, Hey, a lot of it's in our head. So here are the eight biggest Medicare myths. 
I like the fact that we've got a list of myths that we can debunk. And this article says eight Medicare myths debunked. So myth number one, Medicare provides long-term care. Well, it does not provide long-term care. That would be uh, the equivalent of um, custodial care. Medicare provides nursing home care when treatment is being uh, applied and when improvement is being made, but they don't provide long-term care for people who need daily supervision and daily assistance. Myth number two, you can pay cash for physicians' visits with Medicare. Now, this is an interesting myth that I've never heard of before. Many people may not know that it's possible to pay cash for a physician's visit. There are more and more doctors who are accepting cash instead of um, instead of or addition in addition to insurance and Medicare. Hmm. Now that sounds like a myth, but in reality, it's saying that you can <laughs> you can pay cash. Uh, I don't get that. It is possible to pay cash, and often the charges are less than what insurance companies would be billed. Doctors in private practice often prefer cash payments as the cost to administer insurance claims is an added expense that does not benefit the patient. So a myth is supposed to be something that's not true. In this case, myth number one, Medicare provides long-term care. That's a myth because it's not true. Myth number two, you can pay cash for a physician's visit. That is true. You can pay cash, and it says it right there. Myth number three, Medicare did not change due to COVID-19. Let's see whether this one is uh, screwy or not. Medicare currently covers many items and services on a temporary basis due to the COVID-19 panic, it says. Um, Absent congressional or regulatory action to extend or make items permanent, this temporary coverage will end when the panic is officially declared over. All right, so that is a myth that Medicare did not change. In reality, Medicare did change some things due to COVID-19. Myth number four, it's hard to get help with your Medicare plan. And the answer to that is call Doug Jones. He will be happy to help you about your Medicare plan. Uh, Or you can also read the fine print on this uh, question and answer. 1-800-MEDICARE is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week with help in English and Spanish, as well as language support in over 200 languages. Okay, so that means it is a myth that it's hard to get help because you can call the government and they'll be just all thrilled and excited to help you out. Myth number five, Medicare is the same for everyone. Another common misconception is that Medicare is the same for everyone. This is not the case. First of all, there are two ways to get medical coverage, either through original Medicare or through Medicare Advantage plan. Signing up for a Medicare Part D prescription drug coverage is another choice that consumers have. And finally, people with original Medicare can have supplemental coverage, such as through a Medicare supplement or Medigap plan. Myth number six, you cannot get one-on-one assistance. People enrolled in Medicare can contact their state health insurance program. We mentioned that earlier, SHIP. If you've got a state health insurance program in your state, you can call them and ask them for assistance. And they don't sell insurance, they say, so their assistance would be completely free of uh, uh, commission-driven interference, I would say. Myth number seven, Medicare is only for low-income populations. Well, that's not true. That's for anybody age 65, and it's for younger people if they've been on Social Security disability income for 
two years. Uh, um, let's see, everyone is eligible for Medicare at age 65 and some people in younger ages based on disability. No income is required to be eligible for Medicare. And in fact, some people with a higher income may be asked to pay higher premiums. So that's the IRMA, the dreaded IRMA penalty, the um, uh, success penalty. And finally, myth number eight, there is no way to rate and review Medicare services. And that's a myth because the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services also publish the Medicare Part C ratings, star ratings each year to measure the quality of health services received by people enrolled in Medicare Advantage plans and in uh, prescription drug plans. So you can get a rating based on other people's experiences with those plans, Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part uh, D drug plans. And in fact, the salesmen that are trying to pitch you on those plans should be telling you or giving you the star rating report up front. So that is my sharing of Medicare knowledge for today, Randy. It seems like a lot, but I managed to squeeze it all in to our 75 cents worth of time. You did. You did an awesome job, Mr. Jones. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind, sir. I never fail. I never fail to learn something on these episodes. And the other, the, the one kind of confusing point that you made was you can pay cash for your Medicare services. And okay, so why? Okay, if they if they're Medicare covered, why would you want to pay your physician with cash? Because he might give you a discount. That that, but that's great. So why would you want to do that if Medicare was going to pay it anyway? Well, there you go. That question was pretty <laughs> screwy from the get-go because it said, here's a myth. You can pay cash. And then it went on to say, you can pay cash. So it's not a myth. No. I you know, I may be just a little bit slow today because of my medical procedures yesterday, but I think you can still pay cash for just about everything in this country, can't you? Yes, but they're trying to change it. They're threatening to institute a um, a cashless society. And if they do that, then we're going to be on a very short lease. We will not be able to pay cash for the things that we would like to, to encourage discounts and on things, you know, that kind of thing may come to an end. Well, Washington, Uh, I would just like to point out that Washington is well on the way to creating a brainless society. Well, it is. Uh, they've been working on that for decades. <laughs> Where? What happened to the government that won World War II? Oh, I don't know. It certainly is not the government we have now. And after we sign off for today, uh, I've got one little thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, we may bring it up in another podcast episode, but I just wanted to make sure Doug was aware of it. So guess what? Our 75 cents is up. Ooh. Well, it's a sad time of the day, but we'll be back at some point in the future to share our joy with the audience. We will. So we have used it up. 75 cents is gone. We need to land the plane. And always, before I do that, there's a couple things I want to take care of. One is send Doug information, questions, wonderings, concerns to dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He loves to hear from you. We don't mention it enough, but Doug spends the time, the effort, and the brain power to become licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. And that's a really good thing. 
check us out at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would certainly appreciate a review on the podcast and the books because, you know, the world is all about numbers, right? Last but not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been a number of different places and you weren't. You decided to spend a few quality minutes with us on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And as I always warn you, keep track of the time on your wristwatch because guess what? We have spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He is up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, hanging out in his fortress of solitude. And today I thought I saw him polishing the lenses on his army surplus binoculars to keep track of the Medicare zombies. They're coming for us, Randy. They're coming for us. I know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you come for us too? come back to our next episode very soon. We'll look for you then. Bye bye.